where liberty is our mission. Today is Tuesday, September 24th, 2013. This is podcast number 348, and my name is Ben Stone. Uh, Bitcoin, not bombs, needs your help to hoodie the homeless. Mass Appeal, Inc. has offered us a great deal on 324 discounted orange hoodies that will be distributed to the homeless in San Francisco. We have until the end of October to raise 47 Bitcoin needed to reach our goal, and we're calling on the Bitcoin community to help make this happen. You can pledge contributions to the Bitcoin Starter Campaign, you can purchase a Bitcoin Not Bombs t-shirt, or you can donate to Bitcoin Not Bombs directly. Every t-shirt sold is priced to pay for one hoodie to keep someone warm this winter. So go to BitcoinNotBombs.com and help us hoodie the homeless. Or you can just go to badquaker.com and hit the, the link there in the picture where it shows the picture for uh, Bitcoin Not Bombs and uh, Hoodie the Homeless. Just hit that button, follow the link over, and uh, and you can help out some homeless folks this, for this winter. Okay, so uh, in today's podcast, uh, I, re- I recorded a conversation with a demo Freeman over the weekend and uh, uh, had a little bit of technical difficulties with it, but... Hopefully, I have it cleaned up enough to where uh, to where you can listen to it. So, I hope you enjoy my discussion with the demo Freeman. Free silver. So, how can a person get free silver? Well, it's actually not that hard. And I've got a guest on today that is going to explain one way that you can get a hold of some free silver. A demo Freeman. Thanks for coming back on the show, and welcome back to BadQuaker.com. Hey, thanks for having me on and uh, taking the time to discuss silver and other things with me today. So uh, you're working with Dave in, there in New Hampshire, and you've got this thing set up called Sons of Liberty Mint. And people need, if you're on Facebook, folks, get over to Sons of Liberty Mint Facebook page. First off, like the page, and then read the instructions on how you can win free silver. A demo, how, how does that work? Well, that's right. Uh, Sons of Liberty Mint is a, we are a manufacturer of precious metals, primarily silver at the moment, but we did just launch some of our 10th ounce pieces of gold. But, uh, at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Sons of Liberty Mint, folks can seek out the pin post at the top of our Facebook page every week. And they just have to guess what the close of silver will be that Friday. Closes at 520 PM. We go by kitco.com for the spot price. And you just guess what the spot price will be. And if you guess the closest, uh, you know, high or low, whoever is the closest uh, to the actual spot price or right on wins uh, themselves four fine silver quarters from Sons of Liberty Mint. And those are uh, a quarter of a troy ounce of .99 fine silver. And uh, they are available at our website for just $4 over spot. And so the other little twist to the contest is, which is called our weekly silver giveaway, 
is that um, if you share the post on your Facebook page and win that week, we double the prize to two ounces. So it's getting about 100 comments a week. So it's not that hard. One out of 100, uh, you know, closest to guess. And uh, it's fun and it's, you know, a good way to get the name out there. And let's be clear. I mean, it doesn't cost anything. It doesn't cost a penny to to do this. It takes a couple minutes of your time to log into Facebook, you know, like uh, Sons of Liberty Mint, and then just make your wild guess. And and you know, like you said, with with the just the odds, the numbers here alone, that's a, that's a pretty good chance of of winning some silver. Yeah, it is. Uh... Like I said, uh, I got this idea from a Silverbugs group uh, on Facebook that does something similar. So, you know, there are other areas on Facebook that you could get uh, free silver as well, as well as learn about, you know, some of the, you know, acquiring silver, where their sales are. There's, a, like I said, Facebook.com slash Silverbugs is a good group that community of folks just discussing precious metals in general. And in case anybody's worried, I'm not uh, I'm not jumping ship on a Magi Metals here. Magi Metals is a sponsor of the show, and we really appreciate all the all the work they've done for us and the help that they've given us and everything. But a Magi Metals is working with Sons of Liberty uh, Mint as well. You can get uh, Sons of Liberty Mint uh, quarters from a Magi Metals. And when we say quarters, we're not talking about those goofy little things with that picture of washington the usurper on on the face that's worth almost nothing we're talking about real money it's not even round they're square the uh the uh uh, sons of liberty mint quarters are square and they really look cool it's a really interesting design yeah that's right so you know for the listeners who haven't heard of sons of liberty mint uh we're not your typical mint uh we're first of all you know very liberty oriented uh volunteerist who have you know taken our principles, our philosophy, and are applying them to our business or the business. And so with that, our goal isn't just to make money. Of course, what we do, we do want to make money and we feel our skill set is worth a premium. But our goal primarily is to provide provide divisible, usable silver to folks. And so we want to do that at a rate where you don't have to wait to use it or save it as an investment. You can start using the silver now. We won't give it to you in denominations that make that easy. Right now, you know, the most common uh, form of silver is a one-ounce round. Well, if hyperinflation or any other time where you would want to start using silver, even now at $22 approximately an ounce, uh, that's a pretty, you know, that's a it's not a cheeseburger and french fries. You know, who's going to get change for that, et cetera. So that's why we started with our signature piece, the fine silver quarter. It's a quarter. Its value is between 7 and $10. Uh, depending on how many you buy, and uh, you know that's a that's a more usable piece for everyday transactions. Uh, just last Friday, we launched the one ounce piece of ours, and now I know everyone's saying, "Well, Daniel, you said the one ounce piece, uh, you know, isn't good in the traditional sense, but it is still good to have indivisible silver, and it's a product that was highly demanded by our current customer base of the quarter. So we went ahead and launched that one, and right after we're done with that, in about four to six weeks. Uh, we will be launching our 10th ounce piece, which was a very popular product when Sons of Liberty Mints was hand-making all our products. We sold over 15,000 of those pieces. So, uh, you know, by the beginning of 2014, uh, folks who come to Sons of Liberty Mint will be able to get a tenth, a quarter, or an ounce piece. And all of these are very usable because of their great rates. You know, the quarters is only a dollar over spot per piece. 
And right now you can pre-order the one ounce piece for 225 over spot. And uh, again, anyone who wants any more information on that, go to sonsoflibertymint.com. But then when the tents come out, you know, these will all be interchangeable with one another and you'll be able to come to sonsoflibertymint.com and leave with like a good diverse, diverse ability and what I call purchasing power because you'll have the small, the mid and the large uh, fractional rounds. And I should point out, this is Sons of Liberty Mint, like S-U-N-S, like the sun in the sky, and that's part of the emblem that's uh, that's Im- embedded in the uh, in the silver. Um, and also, let me point out that, you know, again, uh, Magi Metals has been really good with us and everything, but when you support Sons of Liberty Mint, you're supporting guys like a demo, and I, I you know, I, I'm not just saying this to, you know, to fluff your ego, a demo, but... But in the future, there's going to be a time 100 years or 200 years from now, and they're going to look back on this time frame, and there's a few names that are going to stand out, and a demo's name is going to be one of those. So you're you're actually, not only are you getting your hands on precious metals, not only are you uh, preserving wealth that's in regular dollars is just going to be evaporated into the, into the government's, uh, you know, uh, through inflation, not only are you doing that, but you're also supporting one of the premier liberty activists in the movement today. So, uh, you know, and I'm not just saying that because I got you on the phone. I, I, oh, I talk about that kind of stuff all the time. So, I appreciate it. It's very flattering, and I'm speechless on it. Uh, I appreciate it. I just try to do my best that I can every day, and I know that there's plenty of other folks out there, yourself included, who are, you know, risking whatever and everything, you know, to make an impression. And so, you know, it's a it's a game of, well, not a game, but I, I think we're in like a recruiting stage and the aspects of the the different aspects that touch people are so wide and so, so many people doing so many different things uh, is very inspiring. And so I just try to, you know, I've done copblock.org, which is like a police accountability thing. I'm still involved there. And now with Sons of Liberty Mint, it's like, police and money, and I feel those are two very key components to, like, uh, the government's current monopoly, you know, on protection and money, and so those are very two crucial important, uh, components to an individual's freedom. And so hopefully folks can get the Sons of Liberty Mint, you know, provide themselves some usable, divisible silver, some purchasing power and security in their wealth, as well as head over to copblock.org and uh, know their rights, have a network of other folks who believe what they believe in, you know, partake in filming all public officials, you know, and again, increase the level of people who become aware and ultimately turn the tides and evolve to a voluntary society. There's some really good articles over at copblock.org also. There was one just the other day that uh, really struck home for me. I have family in Missouri and there was a story uh, coming out of Missouri of a pregnant woman who also had other health complications, and she was just walking a couple blocks away from her home, just walking and trying to get some fresh air and stuff. And she came under horrible harassment for, you know, essentially being pregnant in public uh, or just being in public. And and there's stories like that all the time at copblock.org. You can just go over there and read them and see what's going on from all kinds of different places. Yeah, there's a great team of folks who contribute regularly. Uh, George Sand and Kate uh, both do a wonderful job of editing at coplock.org. And uh, there's also a submission tab. And so folks who have any interaction or encounter or just the thought that they want to share about police issues in general, it's uh, coplock.org slash submit. And there's a, that's a heavily used uh, link at the website. And it's, 
it's it's good to see that people are willing to stand up and stuff, but it is also you know sad to see that there are so many negative interactions with uh, law enforcement you know still today. And we should mention too that copblock.org is not only to you know tattle out the cops on what they do wrong. It's also a place to say, look, you know, uh, we were broke down and this happened and these cops stopped and they were really nice and they helped us. You can say positive things there, too. Yeah, folks are free to say what they like. I mean, there are there are very rare circumstances. I mean, uh, actually, just locally near me, two cops actually uh, re- refrained from shooting a, a dog that actually did, like, uh, you know, advance on them. I wouldn't say attack, but he did, like go into their vicinity and normally that's like a clear hey you shoot the dog and you get away with it but these officers restrained themselves and actually were like quoted saying that you know uh they didn't want to shoot a dog and end up in the paper and so that's that they actually thought of like the media outlash to dog shootings and even though they were probably more justified than some of the other stories in this case they still use restraint due to the previous things and so that's that's uh that's the types of positive stories like I see, I know there was one time someone shared a story where a cop like pulled a person from a burning car, and like I don't want to find any, anything negative or in every situation, but the cops are paid to do that stuff. You know, there are other incidences where cops like tase the uh, uh, father who was going to run into his own burning house to save his child, and they tased him from doing that. You know, and so like the cops should have been the ones running in there as well per their own, you know, standards of the job that they risk their lives and are like the best of the community. Yet that's not always the case. And so uh, I hear you. It goes back and forth, but folks are cop block is decentralized. So folks are free to, you know, submit any content they'd like here recently. And I don't, you know, I hate to just beat these guys up, but here recently there was two different stories. One where uh, a guy wrecked his car in the middle of the night had to kick his way out through the back window because the wreck was so bad that he, he was trying to get out of the car. He had to kick the back window out to get out of the car. Was injured, um, went to the nearest house that he could find, knocked on the door. The person in there uh, didn't open the door. Well, that's probably smart when strangers come to your house in the middle of the night, but they didn't open the door. They called 911 instead, which people think so often, oh, it's here's a good idea. Let's call the police. But... Uh, you know, <laughs> not always a great idea. So the cops show right. the cops show up. This guy's been in an accident. He's not harming anyone, but they've got the call that he's attempting to break and enter. So they show up not for the intent of helping anybody with a car accident. They're going to show up as, you know, Mr. Macho. Uh, he sees cops. He thinks, oh, people are here to help me, and he starts moving towards them very rapidly. One of them decides to try to tase him. The other empties his pistol into him and kills him. Yeah, I remember that story. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago. And that's just one of the reasons why I was actually discussing with some other folks here locally, like, why I don't call the police. And they're like, you would call the police if somebody did this. And I was like, no, I will never call the police because of that story or another story. You know, how many examples can you give when the police were, you know, going to help? I forget where this, this story was, but there was a, an individual who needed uh, medical assistance and the police ended up killing him, you know, by tasing him like eight times, like four cops ca- continually tasing him. And so it's like, yeah, I'm never going to call the police because every time you call the police, somebody could get shot or killed. Yeah. The 107, I believe it was 107 year old man that was in, uh, um, he was in a state of dementia and, um, you know, so the cops show up 
and what they didn't stop to realize was that he's almost totally blind and he was deaf. So they're shouting instructions at him. He can't hear a word of it. And he's, he's not responding the way they want him to, so they kill him. <laughs> it's like uh, all too many times, you know, you can go back as far as Kelly Thomas when a lot of that, you know, the outrage towards like police actions or lack of accountability, when especially in a group, happens. But it still seems that like little to nothing changes. And so hopefully, you know, folks will evolve to a point where they understand, you know, this is what I was trying to relate to the gentleman I was speaking to last night is that it's all about option you know there's no there's no competition and there's no accountability because there's a monopoly on this service and i don't believe any of it will change until you know there is competition in the service known as protection because i think there is that is a valuable service to be provided to folks um i just think more choice needs to be put into the market so that you know righteous service for whatever that might mean to folks can be applied you know in the discussion, you know, how do we get rid of the government? How do we live state-free? How do we do this? And one of the things that always comes up is, well, you know, uh, you just have to, have to stop uh, believing that the government is good. You have to just, you know, get it out of your mind that the government is your answer. And that's the key in thinking about cops. Don't think about, you know, whatever situation just came up. Don't think immediately, hey, here's a good idea. I'll call a cop. Um just replace that with I'm going to call people who have almost no accountability for their actions and they're armed that, you know, why would that be a good idea? Well, I agree with it. I just, I believe like not only do you have to awaken them to it that like, you know, it changed the mindset, but I think the one of a ineffective way of doing it is to say, Hey, this is what needs to change. Like we need to have private security force, but an awful also offer them that option. You know, that's one of the goals of Sons of Liberty Mint is, you know, we like to joke that we uh, are FRN disposal team. You know, we dispose of your pesky FRN note, FRNs, which are Federal Reserve notes. And so um, folks, you know, who want to use this stuff or like change the system, like money is debt. Money is enslavement. And, you know, it's taxed over and over. It's printed. It's backed by nothing. There are so many cons to having paper money. You know, it's it's a, another monopoly the government possesses, et cetera. And so if you had a different option, which right now, if you, you, you don't want to carry around 100-ounce bars, 10-ounce bars, or a whole bunch of one-ounce bars, uh, so divisible silver, but the problem with divisible silver is that it's it has a higher premium. And so if someone can offer you a divisible silver that doesn't look like current money, round quarters, round half dollars, the little gold dollars that float around, et cetera, um, and that's why Sons of Liberty Mint's products, as you mentioned, are square. They're not a positive image stamp. They're a negative image stamp. Folks who don't even collect or use silver look at them. And they go, "Oh wow, that's that's awesome!" And like they get they they're inquisitive about it. Uh, folks who you show like a pre sixty four quarter to, they think it's worth twenty five cents. Or I've shown people a one round silver eagle, one ounce round silver eagle, and they think it's a dollar coin that's old. Um, so you have to you know have a conversation with them to get them to understand that these things that are round and look like money aren't actually the same value as inflated money, but you don't have that problem with Sons of Liberty Mint. And so the other thing that Sons of Liberty would try to do is bring the premium down so that you can use it now instead of waiting, you know, for whatever. And we've got some innovative ways in the minting process that uh, have helped us, you know, create that goal. Uh, and you, and I sh- we should mention Dave too. You're working with Dave, uh, also called Dave Silverman. Yeah. Yeah. Sil- Silver Dave. 
Yep, Silver Dave, Dave Silverman. Uh, it was, this was his idea. He is a, a person who was formerly employed with the government. He was in the military and, you know, came disassociated with, you know, those actions and, and left that and decided, you know, what can I do that is the most, you know, effective and not only for myself, but for like as in changing or pr- providing a service to people that is needed. And so he started, you know, experimenting and melting his own silver uh, in his apartment in his neighbor's garage and es- essentially evolved the business to where we have a facility in Laconia with a storefront uh, website, you know, online store and, uh, you know, a network. You actually have a, a brick and mortar type store in Laconia? We do have a brick and mortar facility. Uh, one of the other businesses Silver Dave has is uh, the Laconia Free Market, which is a storefront, and then Sons of Liberty Mint. And so the Laconia Free Market kind of happened as a default, found a building, and uh, it had floor space to have a store. So we uh, sell Sons of Liberty Mint silver as well as other uh, stuff out of the store, and then we vend some space to some vendors as well. That's cool. Um, now, a lot of people hear about Keene all the time, and a lot of people hear about Manchester with stuff going on down there all the time. Uh, what kind of activity is going on in Laconia? Is it just you guys, or is there more uh, Liberty people there? Well, Laconia's a little different. So, like, Manchester is, like, the biggest city in um, uh, New Hampshire, and so it's also near Concord, which is the capital. So they kind of mesh together within, like, 15, 20 minutes of each other. And that's the eastern side of the state. Keene is like the largest city on the western side of the state, also houses the college, which gives it an influx of residents during the school year. Um, the lake region, though, is more of the center of the state. And Laconia is part of what's called the lakes region, which is a, you know, a few cities that surround the area. So there is just as much concentration of liberty-minded folks here as in the other two. Uh, I just feel the only difference is we're a little more spread out from one another as opposed to being into the same. So it's, you know, the two area. it would be like the third area in my opinion. So it would be like Manchester and Concord, then Keene, and then the Lakes region, which just so happens to be a few areas. It runs all the way up through the White Mountains and stuff. And so there's a good hub of people. The The monthly meeting gets about 40 attendees. Uh, I would like to th- – I'd say that there's probably a little more business activism that goes on here or – um, you know, a little, it's probably a little higher in the political sphere than, uh, Keene is and Manchester has a pretty good mix because of its size. So that would probably be the only difference. Let's kind of make this a, a little quick shout out for the free state project. So people, uh, people who might be interested in moving to New Hampshire and becoming a part of what's going on there, uh, you, you kind of have choices as to, you can sort of, uh, customize your move to New Hampshire as to the kind of activism you're interested in or the kind of lifestyle that you're interested in. And so the, you know, the folks in Keene, anybody who spends much time on YouTube, uh, gets to see what they call, uh, they call those people the Keeniacs. Um, a little, a little bit on the, uh, more radical. Civ this side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Manchester being the bigger town, you have the bigger police force, you have, uh, you know, more of the um, state-oriented, state as in state of New Hampshire-oriented politics where Keene, they're, you know, very active with things like the school district and the city council and things like that. 
Um, and then, uh, so like you're saying with Laconia and that, that whole strip that goes up towards uh, where they hold Torquefest at. It's okay. Um, I, I'm kind of hearing that it's, it, it, if, if I'm catching what you're saying correctly, it's a lot more um, maybe, uh, I hate to say profit-oriented because that, that sounds bad, but... At least, yeah, as a bunch of greedy capitalists. Um, well, I, I think people are a little more spread out, and so like, if if they are working like nine to five jobs, they're probably a little more secluded, and so they might have like a chicken coop and uh, vet, vegetable garden and doing their own thing, you know, solar panels. And then there's folks who, own, you know, I know uh, Josh Youssef is a guy around here who ran for senator and also owns a few computer stores. Uh, there's a guy nearby who has a construction company. You know, is also active in a co-op trailer park. And uh, then there's us, the Sons of Liberty Mint, the Laconia Free Market. And, you know, and then by just our presence, there's always folks coming into the shop, seeing the big cop lock display. And so now there's more cop lock T-shirts around town and stickers. And I've done a little bit of filming. And so uh, I think in everywhere in New Hampshire, you'll find a little bit of everything. But like you were saying, if folks go to freestateproject.org, uh, they can get a good overview of what it is, and some places have their strengths and weaknesses, but uh, anywhere is a good fit, really, in New Hampshire. And a, and a great thing about New Hampshire is uh, it's small, and so, like, a good hour drive, you can hit pretty much anywhere. You know, in Laconia, I'm, like, an hour and 20 minutes from Keene, 45 minutes from Manchester, you know, 25 minutes from Concord, et cetera. So it's really not a, a very far drive, no matter where you're located. How harsh are the winters where you're at? Uh, I mean, this will be my first winter in Laconia, but I've been to Keene and I grew up in Wisconsin. And so, uh, it doesn't get as bitterly cold here as it did in, in Wisconsin with like b- below negative, uh, wind chills and like with the whipping wind. But here we get a lot more snow mass. And, but yet it's like in Wisconsin, you get this heavy, like 20 pound shovel full of snow. And here it's like real fluffy snow. You can like blow right through it. And cause you know, it's in the mountain area. So. I don't know. I guess like I grew up in Wisconsin, so I'm a little more accustomed to the to the weather than most folks. But I like to, you know, tell folks who are moving from warmer climates and considering New Hampshire, you know, putting on a jacket for freedom is just a small, you know, price to pay. Before we break for commercial, uh, let me ask you about Pete. Uh, I, I haven't got updated and know what's going on. Is he back from South Africa? Uh, they're, I'm glad you asked. Uh, Pete is currently on the coplock.org, uh, police accountability tour. And folks interested in learning more about that, go to coplock.org slash tour. And they launched that, you know, about a month ago in, uh, Austin, Texas, and then went to New York City and now spent about, I believe, three and a half weeks at this point in, uh, Cape Town, South Africa. And so they're due back here in about a week and a half or so. I believe like October 5th or something. And they'll be going to, uh, Oakland, where Jacob Crawford, who is uh, a longtime uh, participant in Cop Watch and uh, with Pete on the road this this bout, uh, is fr- he's from Oakland, and so they'll be uh, doing more uh, police accountability filming and meetups, and you know, uh, dropping DVDs and flyers and networking with uh, existing, you know, peaceful streets, Cop Watch, Cop Block chapters. And, and more just trying to, you know, get out there and inspire folks. And they've been in South Africa for a while with some really great, interesting videos. So folks could head over to coplock.org tour or, uh, youtube.com slash the coplock and get up to speed on all those videos to date. 
Let's break here for a commercial and uh, stick with us. You're going to get to hear a, uh, a Sons of Liberty commercial, actually. So stick with us. We'll be right back. Energy, vitality, clarity of mind, and incredible immune support. The awesome power of nature is now in your hands. Hi, this is Sean from One With Nature. Our herbal formulas contain some of the greatest botanicals from around the world, and they are ready and willing to help you achieve your goals. Visit us at onewithnature.com. That's W-O-N, withnature.com. Need to talk to people in a secure manner? Liberty Private Network sells phones that will work over any good Internet connection and give you military-grade encryption for calls that cannot be tapped. Great for lawyers and clients, business people with trade secrets, or just ordinary folk who don't want their love talk spied on by some scumbag from the central scrutinizer. Call 516-TLK-SAFE on your non-secure phone and tell them the Freedom Fiends sent you. That's 516-TLK-SAFE. What's better than silver? Free silver, of course, which is what you'll get by partaking in Sons of Liberty Mint's weekly silver giveaways. It's fun, it's easy, and it's your chance to win four fine silver quarters. That's one ounce of .999 fine silver from Sons of Liberty Mint. All you have to do is guess the close of spot price each week for your chance to win. Visit sonsoflibertymint.com forward slash contest for more details. That's S-U-N-S, sonsoflibertymint.com. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. Ben Stone with Ademo Freeman uh, on the line through Skype. Um, Ademo, uh, I want to ask you a real quick question. And like I said during our, our little break, I don't really want to put a lot of time and effort on this, but uh, probably wouldn't be right if I didn't mention it. Uh, the recent, con- well, it wasn't even recent, like a month ago, the recent controversy between Cantwell and the Free State Project and the headbutting that took place, and then everybody and their brother had opinions about it. Um, what, what's your feelings on that? Well, I mean, if for folks who don't know, Chris Cantwell, you know, wrote an article related to the uh, Concord, New Hampshire, getting a bearcat, and uh, so they, you know, Concord, New Hampshire, small town. It is a capital of New Hampshire, but you know, they want to get an armed vehicle that they're trying to disguise as a rescue vehicle. Uh, a lot of participants of the Free State Project, including a lot of members of its board, uh, were very active in speaking out about that. And so many folks are writing topics and, and opinion pieces via their blogs or YouTube channels about it. And Chris Cantwell had mentioned that, you know, the use of force against government agents. And uh, it was very, it's, you know, it's a very touchy subject for a lot of folks in the movement because, you know, if you advocate violence against the government or make threats against government agents, uh, people who have done that in the past uh, have either been harmed by, you know, death or caged. You know, people like Schaefer Cox, who is a person in Alaska right now doing 22 years in a federal prison for merely uh, having a plan that if anything happened to one of his people, for whatever that means, uh, something would happen to one of their people, for whatever that means. And so it's Still, you know, I'm, I'm not really one to, like, make threats or do whatever, but it's still just a thought, and I don't believe thoughts should be uh, criminal, uh, especially if there's no basis of it being carried out. You know, it's, it's uh, a friend of uh, – not a friend of mine that I know exactly, but uh, a, an individual that I've com- conversated a lot with and have gotten to know since his alleged crime is another guy, um, Nathan Larson, and uh, I've come to call him my friend. 
and he's doing time in a prison for threatening the president of the United States. And that was when George Bush was president. And he merely said, uh, if I'm not seeking the president, but if the president is ever near me and the opportunity arises, I would consider, you know, using deadly force against him because, uh, he's committed all these crimes and I would consider it a defensive action, not the initiation of force. And the secret service came to speak and was like, Hey, just tell us it's a joke and we'll go away. And he was like, no. And then they actually put him in prison for four years for it. But, uh, you know, what threat was there really? He, he didn't have any means to really reach the president. The president never knew about this threat, et cetera, et cetera. So back to the, the question at hand, you know, uh, I don't advocate, you know, harming government agents. I'd like to take it to its logical conclusion. And I think anyone has the right to use defensive force against anybody who is harming their life or property. Like, the costume doesn't matter. It's it's such a it's a, such a higher level conversation. It doesn't stop. You know, if badges don't grant extra rights, which is the model of copblock.org, the tagline, um, then, you know, we, we don't need to talk about in particular people, you know, people who wear brown. Should I use violence? Excuse me. Should I uh, defend myself against people who wear brown shirts? Like that's a ridiculous statement because it doesn't really matter. It's like people in general. And so I don't, you know, to me, it doesn't matter if it's government agents or not. If somebody's harming you to a point where you feel you have to defend yourself to whatever actions that is, um, then you, you should be able to do that as long as you will be able to justify them to people, uh, afterwards. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's a very clouded thing. I think what the Free State Project did, uh, was a little off par for being an organization. Um, they made a collective statement you know, the free state project. And that was pretty much my only issue with the whole uh, drama that happened afterwards was that it was a collective statement made instead of individuals who were on the board saying, you know, for example, if I was a board member, I would have said, you know, I, Damo Freeman, don't agree with what Chris Cantwell said, and I won't associate it with him in my personal life, as well as the capacities in which, you know, I have a job and my duties as a board member. And I would have been absolutely fine with that. But when you make a collective statement and then boot them from a group that is nothing more than a bus, you know, the Free State Project is just an idea that everyone should move here. And once you move here, it's not like they help you, like, pay your rent or assist you with anything. It's just an idea to come here. And so how do you, like, you know, when they ban Chris Cantwell from uh, an idea, like, he can still move to New Hampshire. He can't, I guess, go to Porkfest, which is still an argumentative uh, statement because they – you know, the Free State Project doesn't own Rogers Campground. And so it's really kind of a it was kind of like a drama fest after that. And I would just wish that they had said me as an individual feel this buyer beware, have a nice day instead of making it a big thing like you can't come here or don't do that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I had a kind of a well, I didn't have the thought, uh, but a different person that I won't throw under the bus had the thought at Porkfest 10 that uh of having a, a beef fest. The idea was that, you know, rather than have to submit to, you have to have a certain kind of pass, whether that's a badge or whether that's a bracelet or whatever, and you have to show it whenever it's demanded of you, show your identification, you know, uh, which was kind of going on at Porkfest. Um, we could, a, a group of people, say six or eight people, could uh, ahead of time get eight or ten uh, campsites in the back side of Rogers Campground 
and simultaneously hold a beef fest where, you know, you don't have to pay membership to get in or you don't have to ask anybody's permission. You just show up, and if you want to talk to the microphone, you talk to the microphone. And if you want to drink a beer, you drink a beer. And if you want to eat a hot dog, you eat a hot dog. And nobody tells you you can't buy and you can't sell, and nobody gives permission as to who can sell. And that conversation got to the point of where there was a particular individual that was telling me, Ben, go right now and reserve eight camping spots. Let's do this. And that would have, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, I don't particularly like Chris, uh, but in a situation like that, that would have been a great opportunity for Chris to just thumb his nose at the Free State Project and say, hey, you don't own Rogers Campground. I can come in here as a guest and, and talk into this microphone and say anything I want to say. Right. I mean, I mean, let's say Chris Campbell had already reserved his spot at Rogers next year, so he has an agreement, and sure they could refund him or compensate him to break that agreement in every way they wanted. But uh, the Free State Project banned him for, you know, pretty much bringing up the question of whether or not, or saying that, you know, there is no discrepancy in using violence on government agents, that it should happen if it needs to happen. And so they banned him for that, which is basically because of violence, but yet they say you can't come here. Well, my question is, if he does, then what? Because if they say we'll forcibly remove you, then they're going to use force or violence, you know, on a guy that they've banned for using force or violence. And that's where it gets really, you know, sketchy. And that's like, that's why the whole, you know, uh, collective statement uh, brings up all these questions because it's a collective statement. And so there's really no one to ask directly, like, well, what will happen? And if you ask the board members, it's like, well, it'll be decided on behind the board. And it's like same issues with governments is like passed up a ladder. But uh, at the end of the day, if it wasn't a collective statement, but it statements of individuals, you could ask them or what, you know, and like, well, I do nothing. Well, then you're, you know, you're not really banning me from anything. You're just like asking me not to show up, you know, like, please don't show up. You're, you know, you wouldn't be welcome, but you know, whatever. I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, like I said earlier in the show, uh, the phase that we are at as far as terms of gaining more freedoms is to educate others and awaken up as many as possible because it is uh, a numbers game. And right now we are not, we do not have favorable numbers. So you have to wake up more people before any sort of mass civil disobedience or direct action of any sort will be effective because right now at the small number that would start doing any sort of direct action, whether that's, you know, you, you, I can give you examples. There's in Keene, New Hampshire, there was about a year and a half when Rich Paul, who's currently in jail for, thanks to the FBI, uh, uh, led a 420, you know, rally. And for a year and a half, it was pretty much called the demilitarized zone because you could do just about anything you wanted in there. But slowly but surely, they, you know, crack at it and break it back down because the numbers aren't there. There wasn't enough support to maintain it for a long period of time because the government has an endless amount of time and an endless amount of resources to chip away at, at any momentum. And most folks can't continually, you know, stand up to the man day in and day out for as long as they can stand there and arrest you. So, you know, that's why I feel that the phase we're in now is to recruit folks ideology. And then who knows what sort of direct action would be needed. I would advocate and hope that like civil disobedience, peaceful, uh, non-cooperation would be enough. But I, you know, I don't think that I'm not naive enough in my own opinion to say that force might not be an option because, it's definitely one for them and they are definitely willing to kill people now. And so they might even be more willing to kill people more quickly if there was mass movements of civil disobedience or peaceful 
you know, cooperation. And you could look at history where a lot of peaceful people who led, you know, movements of peace or change uh, were peaceful, but they also had some sort of aspects of, you know, force or, you know, where they would draw a line of resistance. And uh, those were just as effective as some of the peaceful movements. But again, it's very hard to hypothesize what is going to be needed in the future because we don't really know how it's going to plan out. If all of a sudden 95% of people believe a voluntary society and, and the, the principles that one would be based upon, then you would never need any, you know, initiation or defensive force because the ideology and the societies would all evolve and change. But if it's a, you know, a more steady transition there, you know, as it became more 50, 50, 50 percent voluntarist and 50 percent status, uh, you might have a time where, like, you know, cops raiding a voluntary community would be met with, you know, defensive actions to their to the state's aggressive actions. So and just so that uh, somebody doesn't think we're bashing uh, the Free State Project or anything like that. Um, there are solutions here for a person who's thinking of moving to New Hampshire, but they're like, well, wait a minute. There seems to be, I don't, I don't want to get involved in some kind of collectivist thing. Well, here's what you, here's, here's what, here's how I'm facing this solution. My wife and I have considered very strongly the option of moving to, to New Hampshire. And specifically, if we can sell our pro, we have properties in three other states. If we can sell those properties and be out from underneath them, then New Hampshire would be very attractive for us for the summer, and having our motorhome, we could drive down into the south for the winter, and that, that would be like the perfect combination for us. But I'm not signing any kind of pledge, or I'm not saying this is what I'm going to do. It's just if we get the opportunity, that's on the on the table for us, and we might move to New Hampshire. And so a, a person could consider like that. If you're thinking about moving to New Hampshire, you don't have to be involved in some kind of a collectivist group. You don't have to compromise any of your own uh, beliefs or your own, you know, your own philosophies. Um, if it's attractive to you and you want to move where there are people of a like mind that are getting things done, and uh, you can just do it. You don't need to sign a pledge or join a group or join any kind of collectivist. You can just move there or not. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, there is no collectivist like movement here. Like people that are, you know, the statements that were made, I believe, were a collective statement. Not that it's a collective group. Like the Free State Project has no effect on anybody's lives here. You know, I think this was just a little overplaying uh, for the you know network or the community, and uh, that was only my my two cents on the matter. Um, what I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Like. If you want to, I think everyone should strive to live near like-minded people. And if they can't get closer to where these, you know, base of like-minded folks are, then, you know, try to get as many around you to be as like-minded as possible and so forth. But, um, New Hampshire isn't the only place. Austin, Texas, the, uh, Blue Ridge Liberty Group in North Carolina, in the Asheville area, you know, Wyoming has a free state project as well. And, uh, you know, so there's a number of places to go. Um, you know, there's even Costa Rica, some folks have been to, you know, like, you know, or thought of or started like libertarian communities at. So whatever, there's just no collective group here. Just I think the goal isn't to necessarily I don't advocate everyone should move to New Hampshire. I think everyone should just do what's best for them and try to live near like minded people. 
Yeah, I should throw uh, I should throw Phoenix into that uh, list too because there's oh, a pretty, yeah. good, pretty good growing group in Phoenix as well. Yeah, they've been there for a minute. That's a that's a good call. I forgot about them. So, uh, do you have anything planned uh, for the future as far as uh, any any additional work with Cop Block or any new stuff coming up with uh, Sons of Liberty? Well, I mean, Cop Block. I'm basically like a behind the scenes. I'm still you know, sitting on a five-year good behavior uh, clause in my wiretapping conviction. And so uh, I've taken a philosophy where I don't go to play in the police officer's playground anymore. You know, if if I see them, you know, in my area or what I call my playground, then I will stop and video them, you know. So, like, the past couple months I've filmed a few cops that would sit outside my house trying to catch speeders or something, a few traffic stops on the way to work, uh, a radar uh, trap down the road from where I work, but uh, basically, business activism, you know, is kind of what I'm calling it, and that's what you know. Dave and I, Dave brought me on as the director of operations at Sons of Liberty Mint, and so that's my full focus right now. We're uh, trying to launch our three crucial lines, expand into the gold, and then hopefully into copper. Um, we also want to start producing more educational videos so that folks can even produce their own. Um, you know, bartering tools, uh, precious metals at home, you know, even on a small scale, uh, as well as, uh, you know, John Bush. And then we were talking about Austin a moment ago. They have a good show coming out called Sovereign Living. And that's a great show about, you know, it's like a reality show about their lives and how they're trying to live as self-sustaining and free as possible. And so that gave me the idea if Sons of Liberty Mint is going to have this business, uh, a form of advertising for us and security uh, would be to have a reality show because anyone who's met Silver Dave uh, will know that he is quite the character and he's an animated folk person and he's he's passionate and he's high strung and anyone who's met me uh, would probably say some of the sim- similar qualities and so he put us together and we're we're two uh, pretty interesting personalities plus the business is intriguing as well and there is a definitely a liberty message here. And so we want to loop other folks in. We want to, you know, advertise within the Liberty community and we want to build a network because that's the other thing. You know, we can all talk about living free and and have the ideas and the answers and argue about other stuff. But I just like to try to do it as much as possible. And so, you know, doing this, showing this, inspiring it, whatever way. I mean, we might not make a lot of money or 70 million dollars, but we'll definitely, you know, take care of ourselves and spread a message a message and provide a uh, useful uh, service to hopefully millions of people. Wouldn't that be great if you guys became the duck dynasty of New Hampshire? Hey, that would be fine by me. I'd even grow the the Pete air beard for it. I'd get it going. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know if you still have your beard or not, but I assume so. Oh yeah. 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 I got Oh, I was just going to say Pete's beard is so awesome that it decides it wants an apple and it drags Pete to a tree and it climbs up and it eats an apple and Pete just has to wait till it's done. I'm actually, uh, I haven't even mentioned this to anybody, but I'm not shaving my goatee until Pete and them are back from South Africa. So I got a, I got a pretty solid goatee going on, but I can't grow these full beards like Pete. So it's, mine would be like, it would look like some like half shaved cat is like laying on my face or something. <laughs> So I, I couldn't go with the full beard like y'all, but so that's basically what I'll be up to for the next couple of months is just trying to, you know, do my best here and expand this. Um, you know, uh, that's hopefully the goal, like, uh, the most usable, the visible silver on the market and, uh, hopefully make a good solid 
footprint in the Liberty community with it because uh, one of the biggest things I believe in is that, well, that's the point I was trying to make a moment ago is that we can all have these ideas, but until we start these networks. And so if we all believe a collapse financially or that alternative uh, methods of bartering and trading are needed, then we need to start actually doing those things because like I tell a lot of the customers that come into the physical store here, they come in and they say, Oh, I want silver and I want like all hundred ounce bars. It's the cheapest above spot that I can buy. And then they want to lock it in their safe and they're not going to tell anybody how much they got. And so I asked them, well, like, why are you stacking? They're like, well, I'm going to stack it for when I need it, you know, when the economy collapse. And I say, well, that's the case there. You have two issues, you know, purchasing such large amounts of silver for a low amount, you know, for saving the lowest amount of a premium or a spot. Uh, and that is, A, no one is going to know that you have silver because you're not currently using it. So how does the food truck or the water or any services that you need know that you have the ability to pay when FRNs are no good if you haven't been building that network already? And then B is he's probably be stuck making some very bad trades uh, if you only have 100-ounce bars because no one, at least in the the immediate uh, aftermath of a collapse – uh, is going to have change for you. And so you'll need a cheeseburger and you'll end up giving up 100 ounces of silver because a 100-ounce bar is one bar. It's one transaction unless you deal with somebody who has the, the means to provide you change. And those people are few and far between right now. Um, and so it, if you get quarters, that would be 400 transactions uh, if you've got Sons of Liberty Mints fine silver quarters. And so that's also what I mean when I talk about purchasing power and, and stuff like that. So that's pretty much... The line, the path that I'm on. And we should mention that uh, Sons of Liberty Mint is not a, a corporation or a front for a corporation. And you're not, you know, you're not just, uh, you're not just peddling somebody else's uh, junk. You know, this is, this is actually stuff that you guys are doing there. And, it, and it's not going into the pockets of somebody, uh, you know, who's going to be buying a yacht next week or whatever. No, nope, we are not a corporation. We are not funded by a bank. We do not have loans. Um, you know, we are, we buy raw material. We put our own blood, sweat, and tears into it, our own labor, and uh, we produce a product. And so uh, we market on our own. We built our websites on our own. You know, this is a, at this moment, a truly agorist business. Um, you know, who knows what happens when state aggression or other things happen, but uh, our full intention is to truck along in the most freest uh, manner possible and provide the best quality and customer service we can. I, I just want to give a mean little jab at somebody uh, for no particular, no good reason whatsoever. The one thing <laughs> you can be assured of with Sons of Liberty Mint is that a demo does not have a mansion in Texas and another mansion in Singapore while he's ripping off like $300,000 worth of silver from some other mint and then selling it under a different name. That's not happening with... Uh, well, I, I did I did have a mansion and a boat and a big yacht, but then I woke up and it was 5.30 in the morning and I still lived in Laconia, New Hampshire. And uh, I, still, I still work seven days a week, 60 or more hours, and... Uh, we just try to do the best we can, and that's what we're doing here. But in, in all due defense, the reference that you're making, I don't know. Uh, I'm not I'm not an insider in any of that aspect, but uh, I just believe that an individual, you know, got overwhelmed and he had an opportunity. It's a thing with credit, you know. If once you're loaned credit and then you're unable to pay that back, uh, you could try to make some very desperate maneuvers, and then that could put you in a very, you know, a very deep 
uh, debt situation and uh, it can domino from there. And so I don't know if anybody was intentionally scamming anybody. Again, I'm not an insider, but I can definitely know when you start borrowing millions of dollars uh, of anything, um, you're in debt to somebody and therefore you don't pay it. It's, you know, it will domino onto itself a lot. And then, you know, the pro- when it rains, it pours, right? That's the saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, you know, being, being independent as far as debt goes is, uh, is important on every level, really. Sure. Uh, you know, like I said, Sons of Liberty Mint, uh, has, you know, Dave worked out of a neighbor's garage in his apartment, uh, with his own stuff and his own torches, learning it, uh, over the first, you know, 12 to 18 months. And it has grown on its own progression with our own skills and capabilities. And like I said, we've come from an apartment building to a brick and mortar facility with, uh, machines that can mass produce, uh, with a customer base and, uh, uh you know, uh, a known name. As far as, you know, startup mints are concerned, uh, we've done, we've been very effective and at u- utilizing what we have on hand. I've been talking lately about some Tolkien and Lord of the Rings nerd stuff. And, uh, so let me just throw this out. This is a rumor that I heard. I don't know if this is really true or not. Just a rumor that's passed around that, uh, that you guys actually have, uh, secret gold mine, or secret silver mines in the White Mountains that are that are worked by elves and you and you have dwarves running your forges day and night uh, firing the furnaces that sounds like a great commercial and i don't know how our secret got out but uh if there's silver in the white mountains we're definitely going to find it <laughs> that would be a dream uh, wouldn't that make know? a great video commercial like if if you could if you had the skill to do that you have like elves in 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 caves and dwarves in there with hammers pounding out coins yeah that'd be a we've always are looking for interesting ideas and so we might have to just borrow that one from you and give a shout out to you at the end but uh the other interesting commercial idea we had here at the end uh it's like this guy who is mysteriously buying silver from us all the time. And it's like, we got to shut down the store. And he, this guy comes in, he's got a coat on and you can't really see his face. And maybe it's three or four times. And finally we're like, who is this guy? What's your name? And it's Ben Bernanke or, you know, <laughs> it's Barack Obama. And they're just like bringing us all this money to uh, buy silver with. And it's like, why are you buying silver? You make money, you know, you print money. And then they run out or something like that. We haven't really caught a good conclusion yet, but it could be a reoccurring theme where Ben Bernanke just shows up. But I also then told Dave at that time, like, I don't know, but would we really sell Ben Bernanke silver? Like, can't we refuse any customer, especially Ben Bernanke? <laughs> it's a joke, but you never know. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me, and it was great to talk to you again. Uh, next time, well, I assume someday I'll get back to New Hampshire, but uh, – be sure and uh, shake your hand again and say hi to you and, you know, find me in the crowd. I'm kind of hard to spot, but I'll be in there somewhere. Hey, thanks for taking the time. And, yeah, I look forward to seeing you uh, the sooner rather than later. Take care of yourself, Ademo. You too. Take care. Okay, thanks a lot for listening today, folks. And remember to visit badquaker.com where liberty is our mission. Thanks a lot. <laughs>